welcome back to the Covey Wellness Center podcast. We are excited to pick up on our conversation from last time. I've got Nadira here with me again to talk about the seven types of rest and what restorative self-care is all about. And we talked a lot about full breath living where we're balancing our outputs with our inputs and really making sure we're restoring our systems to be giving and moving and living in the world. And so last time on the podcast, um, we introduced this topic. And so this is part two of a little mini series on um, sacred rest, the seven types of rest, the work that was done by uh, Sandra Dalton Smith that we use a lot in our practices with clients to create self-care plans. So if you did not listen to that podcast already, you might want to go back because that's kind of the intro to this one and then come back and listen to us after. Um, but for those of us who were here last time, we might just need a quick jog of our memories. So um, I'm just going to run through the seven types of rest that we talked about in brief, and then we're going to jump into some other more sort of practical application tips today with Nadira. So um, again, pop back to the last podcast if you didn't hear it already, because that's going to give you the foundation for the rest of the conversation that we're having today. Okay, there are seven types of rest. Um, the first one we like to talk about is physical rest. There's two components to this, active and passive. Passive is what we think about with sleeping or naps with physical rest. And then active is really the restoration through movement of our bodies. And that can take a number of different forms as well. We also have mental rest. And mental rest is really about being able to quiet our mind, being able to find stillness, um, not to be overwhelmed mentally with unhelpful thought patterns. So there's a lot of restoration that we can imagine um, happens a lot in therapy around mental rest specifically. Um, spiritual rest is really kind of existentially charged where you're thinking about your connection to something broader and bigger than yourself and your meaning, your purpose, your connection to God or creator or spirituality of some kind. Um, but it's this sense of being something bigger and having, um, having awareness of that in your life. Uh, emotional rest has to do with having spaces where you can safely feel and share about your emotional landscape, um, where you can um, be restored in terms of the emotions that you need to process. And so um, that's a really important form of rest too, especially in, in therapy work. Um, social rest is another one we don't often think about. Um, and that's really connection with life-giving people. Where are we getting restored by the relationships that we have? And also how are we um, practicing solitude, not isolation, but solitude where we choose to step away uh, for a time um, to re-engage, right? And balancing that out. Sensory rest is one about our five senses and the overwhelm to those inputs and the need to calm sort of those um, sensory um, awarenesses, things like, you know, noise, sight, um, touch, things that might sort of be bristling in some way in our systems and we need to find ways to soothe or restore the capacity there we talked a little bit about that last time what am i forgetting nadira i've forgotten one i think creative creative rest is that the only one i've forgotten i think so okay awesome so. this is the this is the great thing of having somebody on your podcast with you um so creative rest funny i forgot that one because it's one of my favorites but it is an easily forgotten one for people too and creative rest is really about connecting in some way to beauty 
um, whether that's through actual like creation or nature or whether that's through art or whether that's through something um, that just somehow touches down into to that value of beauty in the world and um, that could be listening to song, music you know lot, there's lots of ways to find creative rest um, but it's often one people don't think about so um, though that's the overview and again there's more on the episode um, that we that we already recorded where we go a little more deeply into the definitions of those types of rest but that's a quick recap uh, for those of us showing up today and we want to just start off by thinking about like what okay so now we know about these seven types of rest so now what do we do with this how do we use this information to help us and we did talk last time about um dr dalton smith has created a um, quiz that you can take that's a self um, assessment tool that can kind of give you an idea of where your levels are of rest your need in each of those categories so that can be a good place to start um but we want to talk really about what's the benefit of sort of targeting specific areas of rest. So let's say you do the quiz and two or three of them emerge at sort of the top end of, of needing the most rest. Nadir, why don't you talk to us about the value or benefit of kind of targeting those areas um, and what that might look like for somebody. Absolutely. I like to think about it. Say you're going to the doctors for something specific. And they tell you about a whole wide range of strategies to use and nothing's really specific to what it is that you went in there for. So what it is that you're actually looking for. Mm -hmm. Well, then you're kind of left in the dark because you're not fulfilling your need to have whatever it is be be structured or have any kind of solutions for what it is that you're looking for. So Mm -hmm. targeting your type of rest allows you to pinpoint exactly what type of strategies you can use Mm. a lot of people come into therapy we talk a lot about different strategies and coping mechanisms that you can use but are they effective if you don't know when to actually use them or when to apply them for the benefit of achieving some sort of rest in whatever that category is that you're that you're in a deficit for so being able to pinpoint physical rest over maybe the rest of them if that's the one that you're in a deficit for then you know that this is our, these are the things that you can do. So either the passive or the active types of rest, again, honing in on what it is that you're looking for. Some of these can also be stackable. So let's say you are lacking a deficit in the mental and the emotional rest categories. Then you know that maybe what you need is not a yoga or a long walk. Maybe it's more stillness in the sense of journaling or going to therapy or connecting with someone deeply and being Mm -hmm. able to share and express. So it just allows you to pinpoint what to use, what tools to use for exactly what it is that you're specifically looking for. Yeah, I love that. It's It sort of speaks to that customizable plan, yeah. right? And so it's not a one size fits all. People come to us and, and really that's the nature of uh, Dr. Dalton Smith's work is that people were coming to her medicine office, you know, her family medicine office and saying, I'm tired. And she couldn't just say, we'll get some more sleep because the the fatigue um, and the drain was not necessarily specific to a physical, um, you know, area of rest, right? So to be able to really pinpoint and tailor your plan and your strategies, you kind of get more bang for your buck in a way, right? Like you, you end up really saying, okay, if I have only so much self-care time, like, let's be honest, we're all struggling to manage the balance of our lives and 
So if I can only have 20 minutes or an hour extra in a day that I can claw back to try and give myself a bit of um, support, where do I need to spend that? Do I need to spend that sleeping in or going to bed earlier? Do I need to spend that in a conversation with a life-giving friend or a therapist? Do I need to spend that on some kind of a creative project or connecting with a spiritual community? Like where, where am I best going to invest that time? Because, you know, maybe other things are in place. Maybe you have a really great sleep regimen already and that and you're still feeling tired and you're wondering why you know this is a good a good way to explore that and say well what could be the drain um and really tailoring that and so i love that because i think when we try to sort of paint wide brushes over any particular strategy or modality as if it fits for everyone i just don't think people i don't think that works i mean we're all so unique and individual right so so yeah, I think it's really a neat way to take stock of what's drained and then be really intentional about how you're going to address that and create a toolbox for that. So yeah, so let's talk more about that. Let's get into some some really specific tools. Um, and as we just work through those seven types of rest, what kinds of things could people introduce in those areas if they found themselves in a deficit? Some people might be listening and saying, I know for sure that I have a spiritual deficit because I have been disconnected from that part of myself for a long time. And I know that that's something that's fatiguing, that's missing in my life. And, but I don't know what to do about it. So we don't have to start with that example, but let's just give people some really practical, here's some things to think about as we, as you're building out your own uh, restorative self-care plan. So where do you want to start, Nadira? Well, I think, I mean, even if looking at somebody who may be coming in in distress, a a certain level of distress, whatever Mm -hmm. that may be, you're not going to have the motivation to try multiple strategies. You're you're probably going to work up the motivation to try one or two. And so that one or two strategies, you want it to really be effective Mm -hmm. or you're not going to have the motivation to keep trialing and error multiple things. So let's say it's physical rest. I mean, breaking it up into the two categories, the, the active So your body with movement, your ability to restore with movement or the passive. The passive is the sleeping, the napping. It could even be just sitting on the couch at the end of the night and just letting your body still. That can be very effective to somebody who may be moving around all the time and their body's just just fighting for that stillness. Mm -hmm. Somebody who may need the active um, rest category is somebody who looks for yoga, maybe going for a walk. So it's not necessarily the high intensity exercise, but it's kind of the restoration from the high intensity exercise while keeping your body moving. Mm-hmm. So um, one of our therapists here, Jennifer, always tells me that movement is liquid. Your body needs that movement to mm-hmm. be able to recover from high intensity exercises. Yeah. The other thing that um, comes to mind in terms of the, the physical rest is your physical ergonomics of your workstation. So is your seat set up so that your back is in a comfortable position? Are you sitting down all day on a seat that's not comfortable and then you're feeling that tension, that pain within mm-hmm. your muscles? Yep. Um, it could be anything like your, even the flooring, right? Are you wearing comfortable shoes or something with a, a good insole that your feet are not pressing against the floor, especially when you're feeling anxious or tense? We tend to press forward into the ground to just find a way to ground ourselves. So even how you position 
different areas of your body and your seating position, your ability to be comfortable, that all falls into your physical rest and how you're Mm. able to restore your body. That's so interesting. And and one principle that's coming out of that, just our discussion of that first type, is this idea of not the the idea is not to overwhelm yourself. Yeah. Right. And and so I'm feeling I'm feeling that I need some rest. And now I'm gonna build this plan with, you know, seven categories and three subcategories for each and have to implement it because the truth is we're tired. That's not gonna yeah. we're not gonna have the energy to do that. So targeting those one or two maybe three areas that and because sometimes and we can talk about this later too we can we can stack them like you say we can one strategy might overlap and we talked a little bit about that last time but we'll probably see examples of that today too Mm -hmm. but you want to think about something that's like reasonable that you can you can actually implement and be consistent with that's not going to just be another overwhelming thing that's causing you distress right Mm -hmm. so so being mindful of that, um, you probably want to have all of those areas supported, right? All of these seven types of rest. We we do need all of them, but you may not want to be building out a plan for everything because that's going to be too much. So take it sort of one target area at a time, build some momentum, kind of like you would with habits, just introducing one Absolutely. new piece. And then as that has some momentum, you know, keep rolling. So that's a good principle with physical rest. And I like your points about, you know, the ergonomics and like the other strains on our physical body. Um, You know, stretching is so important um, as a way of releasing some of that tension. Um, And that could be a huge part of a physical rest program, right? Whether that's through yoga or, or just, you know, your own sort of regimen of, of stretches that feel like they're taking those, targeting those areas. So yeah, that's awesome. Okay. What's the next one? So the next one is your mental rest. And so mental rest is really the, your ability to find ways to still your mental capacity, your, your cognitive capacity, be able to tease out all the overwhelming clusters of thoughts that you might have. So this can come through with um, meditation, mm-hmm. being able to just slow and calmly still yourself and be able to focus your mind on one area. Scheduling breaks. I mean, sometimes we put so much into our calendars to try and get so much accomplished. So scheduling a break, and we've talked about it in in a sense of white space and not necessarily putting a break and expecting to do something out of that break, but scheduling that break and just taking it as a moment to just still and just Mm -hmm. take that moment to slow down. Mm -hmm. Um, Journaling. Journaling is that outlet for you to release your thoughts and be able to put them somewhere so they're not all jumbled up. I hear people talk about their thoughts as like a ball of yarn that's all jumbled up and they can't tease out where's the beginning of the thread. So journaling, start somewhere and see where it leads you. And sometimes it's prompts that people need to be able to create that journal. Sometimes it's that free writing where you just unleash your thoughts onto the paper. And Mm -hmm. then after that, it just feels like you're lighter. Yeah, I think journaling is one of those things that can overlap with um spiritual category but definitely the emotional category as well because it's a container for those thoughts and feelings that need to be expressed sometimes and i would say when you are looking for that mental rest what you want to be able to do is empty out those thoughts and then because you've done that as in a journaling exercise for example then you can take that moment of stillness 
right? So because we want to get away from it being constant activity, we want to be, okay, now my mind isn't racing anymore and I can just pause. And and so what's coming to mind for me actually um, in this moment, which will which will tie in with a few things, is the strategy that I use for um, people who are looking for spiritual connection. I just call it the prayer walk. And ultimately what it is, is someone leaves from, if they're feeling overwhelmed by emotions, thoughts, physical stress or whatever, and they need to shift something, the idea is that you take a walk from wherever your starting point is and you walk away from that point. So if you're starting at your home, you walk in a direction that's moving away from that point. And all the while that you're moving away, you sort of empty out all of that, whether it's verbally or through prayer or just through pro like processing you could do this in a, as a joint venture with a friend and have this verbal sort of container for that but the idea is as you move away from that home spot you're you're emptying out your thoughts and your feelings and things that need to be released and you're releasing them and when you feel like you've emptied out that's the point that you pivot and you turn around to return to that home-based point And so there's this physical marker of that, you know, it allows that processing spiritually, mentally, emotionally. And then the idea on the way back is that you just put yourself in a position to receive, to do some breath work, to take in the nature as a restorative piece around you, if you're able to walk in that kind of a setting, to, um, to listen to god or to your soul or to that um sense of self that inner voice and to try and reconnect with that in a way that's still right and and i think that i think so i think it's good to follow the reason that's coming to mind is we we need those emptying times but we, we need to follow with also that inhale breath what's refilling and really being in that stillness in that restorative part of that so not to miss that when we're when we're working on rest obviously we want to we might have to do some things to prepare and then we can enter into that quiet stillness breath work prayer work that we're looking for yeah and that breath work is really like a switch for your brain It, it allows you to just take that inhale and then it stills it starts to slow down your thought processing it starts to slow down even any tension that you're feeling and you're holding up but it also creates kind of an environment where you're reminding yourself of okay i have control i am okay yeah yeah everywhere physiologically your body gets that message when you slow down and do deep breathing so we return to that safety to that present moment we're out of our anxious racing thoughts and calming our minds I think breath work, I mean, there's so much to be said about that. We're going to do a podcast with our yoga coach, Nancy, around breath work as a starting point on that topic. But it's one that is essential. It's sort of foundational, um, kind of that back to basics, like, you know, sleep, movement, nutrition, kind of basics. It's it's in there. Breath work's in there. And it, it covers off a lot of what we need in terms of restoration. So... Um, it's definitely an anchor point for people. And it is a way of bringing our attention to the breath and away from that racing mind. Yeah. Absolutely. Any other thoughts for mental rest before we move on? Um, I think one of the one of the very most important ones is therapy, right? Being yes. able to sit in an environment and share and unload that to somebody who 
is going to create that safe place for you, somebody who's going to be there sitting in that environment in a non-judgmental stance Mm -hmm. and take in that information and help you process through it. Sometimes unloading that information, it can still feel a little bit overwhelming depending on what that information is. So the help of somebody to help you process and identify your areas that maybe your areas of worry and the strategies Mm -hmm. you need to use around it or the areas that, you know, maybe you haven't really given a lot of thought to, but they've been sitting in your head and you can't really make sense of them. So having that other individual there, that therapist there with you in that environment is a great way to just release all the mental clutter that you're feeling in your head and be able to work through it with somebody. Yeah. I think there's a big difference between um, like unproductive thinking and productive thinking. And I think a lot of the clutter is where we get stuck in looping or ruminating thinking or negative, you know, thinking or distorted thinking that's unhelpful to us. And so therapy can restore that mental clutter in the sense that we, we can give it a pathway out of that loop that's Mm -hmm. keeping you stuck. And so it's, it, we're quieting the mind because we're giving it a different pathway to take cognitively, right? We're, we're discussing things, we're reframing them, we're finding different strategies to um, regroup, to make connections, to make meaning. And that moves the processing forward, which is so helpful cognitively because we don't have that stuck, you know, racing brain that's keeping us up in the middle of the night, right? And and uh, so I think that external person who can help you really make that productive processing happen, that's going to bring a greater degree of stillness to your your thoughts in general. And that's going to allow you some rest for sure. For sure. That's a great example. Yeah, we don't want to forget about therapy. This is Cuffy <laughs> Wellness Center after all. Um, and and of course, we're, we're big proponents of therapy for everyone. So we will definitely give that a shout out in our podcast. Okay, what do we want to tackle next? Uh, so next I have social. And, okay. and social is a big one because we all experience it in our day to day. I mean, whether you're with your families, whether you're going to work, whether you're um, at school or an event, whatever it may be, you're surrounded by people and, and we should be We're our natural inclination is to connect with people and be able to share with people. Um, but sometimes that can be a lot. And so one of the big components of social rest is also your ability to set boundaries and say, no, recognize mm-hmm. when you need to step away. Um, and, and, and within doing that, it's not necessarily that you don't want the rest more so that you need to step that you need to step away from the social interactions to restore yourself so that Mm -hmm. next time you walk into a social interaction you're feeling like you're engaged like you're present Mm -hmm. like you're able to connect and share you're maybe not holding back or censoring yourself now another part of that is being able to create barriers so say you're connecting with somebody but you're not feeling so fulfilled. You're not feeling so restored. Maybe they're making comments about things that you're not really comfortable with. Your ability to set barriers around that. If you're mm-hmm. going to be in that social interaction, how are you managing your time with it? Are you making sure that you're feeling connected, that you're feeling restored? Are you letting social interactions maybe get to you? And, and so creating some boundaries, barriers mm-hmm. around that. And then finding ways to connect with people that actually restore you. So you're walking into a space with somebody and you're feeling that life-giving person just giving you their energy. So you're connecting with them, you're sharing with them, you're feeling comfortable. And then you walk out of that social interaction and you're hoping for the next one. You're excited about the next event that you might, or the next time you might see them. 
rather than feeling drained and, and withdrawn from social interactions. Yeah, it's interesting the being creating an awareness around how your engagement or lack of engagement with your social world is affecting you. This is a really complex topic in some ways because we're our lives are so um, made up of relationships and we have so many different types of relationships that we have to navigate and they're often actually a source of tremendous strain and pain and and at the same time some of the best parts of our lives and so that's something we often talk about in therapy as well is just how do we understand our relationships how do we navigate them with boundaries like you say How do we know what we need? And this might have to do with your degree of extroversion or introversion, right? You might feel much more depleted stepping away from people if you're an extrovert in a quicker amount of time, right? You might need to re-engage with people or have more time with people to get that balanced, full breath living feel to that and get the restoration because you're more restored by being with life-giving people. Whereas introverts might have to withdraw a little bit more and be a little bit more boundaried because of how that interaction helps with them. But they have the danger of being too withdrawn or too isolated. And so they have to recognize as well when they need to have those key people as part of it. So again, it goes back to that one size does not fit all, right? We we look at the unique circumstances of the, the people we're working with to build these plans and you know yourself well, am I an introvert? Am I an extrovert? Am I in life-giving relationships? Are there relationships that are actually really toxic or um, deflating or degrading in some way even? Do I need to put some boundaries around that? Are there some steps I need to take to protect my rest in the social aspects of my life? And that might be more engagement or less engagement or different people. It really depends on your unique situation. And even honestly, even season of life, and that's true for all of the rests, actually, some types of rest you need more of in different seasons. Like, you know, maybe when you have young kids at home, you're not going to get a lot of physical rest because you've got babies getting up in the middle of the night. And that's maybe not a realistic thing that you can change. You can maybe decide to nap when they nap and things like that. But there's some limitations to that stage of life, that season in your life where you where you might need to bolster your rest is talking to other moms, right? Having that social connection to life, giving other people in that stage, that validation. So living within your season is going to also impact what type of rest you need and which things can rise to the surface and what you can be intentional about. So yeah, it, there's a lot, there's a lot to that social question. And um, we're going to do some more podcasts too on boundaries and things like that coming, coming up. So we'll, we'll go into more of the relationship space. All right, let's move to the next one. So the next one is spiritual. So okay. spiritual, really that existential element of it. Um, it can be prayer. I mean, it can be, it can be as simple as just reciting a prayer and it could be something as, I mean, taking it away from religion, recognizing your values. Mm-hmm. You know, what is your values? What is it? What makes you you? Are you able to identify that in yourself? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're able to identify that, then are you able to, to identify areas that you're living within that? Are you able to be authentic to what those values are? Or mm-hmm. is it the opposite? Are you recognizing that you're maybe depleted in one area of your values? And that's creating a lot of maybe a a crisis in identifying who you are and what you connect with, what you align with. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about values, it's really finding the way to align what those values are with your day-to-day living. 
if you're able to align that with your day-to-day living then you're living in a in a restful spiritual state you're feeling more connected to who you are as a person Mm -hmm. in regards to what you're doing or your output to the world but if you're not able to live in alignment with your values what is the what is creating that what is creating that barrier that shift and then it's Mm -hmm. maybe re-looking at those values and seeing are they still in alignment of who you are or have they changed Mm -hmm. have they shifted Mm -hmm. which is totally fine it's a very natural part of of us just developing and, and going through different experiences but being able to hone in on that and recognize that this is me this is who I am and this is my output to the world this is how I want to live within my output to the world yeah I love that and a couple of things that come to mind for me under the spiritual category is even just cultivating curiosity like yeah. maybe you're somebody who is like I don't think I have a spiritual side or like I don't even know what that means for me or you know what what I I don't know how to pray or I don't even know what I don't even know if prayer is something that resonates for me and certainly these are all really good questions but I think part of that is just saying okay I honoring this part of myself that I don't understand a lot about and maybe I want to connect with some ways that I can explore that that I can ask questions maybe I want to join a group of some kind um, you know to to explore that to learn about that in whatever you know pathways are available to you that feel um, like a good next step. And so thinking about it just as a possibility, the restoration could come just from honoring a spiritual side of yourself and looking to connect with that in some meaningful way. Um, and it doesn't mean that you actually have to necessarily have spiritual practices in place. You can just have a curiosity about that part of yourself. Um, and the other thing is, of course, tying that in with a social um, rest, you can you know, if you're joining a group to discuss spiritual things or to pray together or to um, meditate or whatever it is, that can be, that can be one of those intersections of a few different types of rest, right? You're getting that community support and you're getting um, that, those existential questions and meaning making questions, you're able to explore them in a safe way, right? And that can also tie into, of course, emotions and, you know, that can, those kinds of things can be really hitting a lot of these different types of rest. But, um, but yeah, you don't have to have it. You don't have to have anything figured out or neatly in a box around the spiritual rest, right? You just need to honor that this is a part of yourself that may be in need of some restoration. Yeah. Love it. The other thing I think about with spiritual is also your, your work, what it is that you do. Does it Mm. fulfill you? Do you feel like you go to work and you have that sense of greater purpose? may not necessarily be that the work itself is a sense of greater purpose, but are you feeling that within your work? Are you enjoying it? Are you finding that sense of belonging and purpose and, and something greater than just your maybe nine to five day to day? Mm-hmm. It's that that kind of extension of that. What is it what is it doing to you to fuel you for your next work day? Is it fueling you for your next yeah. work day? And if it isn't, that might be a sign that, you know, it's time to take maybe a step back and recognize this is this is maybe not fueling me. So what is it that's happening in between? Is it that I'm struggling with a mental deficit, right? And it could be intertwined with that. Is it that the mental yeah. deficit is getting in the way of me recognizing that greater purpose for myself? Mm. Is it a sensory thing? Are you are you struggling with maybe the work environment and that's not fueling your greater purpose? So it can tie into a lot of things. And I think spirituality is one of those ones that can 
be connected to every single other type of rest because it connects so nicely. It's that greater sense of that extension of who you are. Yeah. Yeah. That meaning, that fulfillment, you know, feeling like your life matters and your actions within it matter and the choices you're making matter according to your values, according to your beliefs, according to um, that sense of connection with something bigger. Yeah, you're right. And, And I think as the listeners are you know, going through, they're going to be making different connections too, as they're hearing us talk about this, like, oh, well, this would be a strategy I could use that would include hit these three different ones. And so there's a lot of this, um, there's a lot of ways to be sort of efficient, if you will. I hate that word Mm -hmm. with your self-care because I want you to not have to feel that you're being efficient. But the truth is, if you only have a couple of minutes every so often to do a few strategies, then you want to be able to maximize that time, right? So um, so we do need to be thinking about things that are going to be synergistic that way, right? Absolutely. Yeah. What's next? Okay. So next I have sensory. So mm. again, really your input output of your five senses. For this one, I think about electronic breaks. And that mm-hmm. comes to mind first, because I feel like we've done, we've done a lot with electronics within so many years i mean whether it's zoom meetings whether it's being on your phone whether Mm -hmm. it's the electronics in your car in your home there's electronics everywhere that you go when you go out to stores or anywhere Mm -hmm. that you that you are there's always going to be electronics in that blue screen Mm -hmm. be very hard on your senses Um, but structuring your space so maybe it is that you're stuck on a computer all day what is your space around you are you having that natural light input are you having that comfy seat where you can just soothe your body are you having you know touch whether it's a a fidget or something that you can just Mm -hmm. maximize some some kind of energy with Um, but structuring your space is very important it could be the lights that you have those Mm -hmm. fluorescent lights can be very hard on on your eyes and, and really create a strain so having that change in light but also your ability to find stillness so within sensory, your five senses are working all the time. They're always on. They're always on mm-hmm. overdrive. So the ability to find stillness. And sometimes mm-hmm. that is driving home with uh, no music. Sometimes that's sitting in the dark. Sometimes it's taking a bath and not having your phone with you. And maybe just having the candlelight in the corner to, to create some kind of light. It's really your ability to find stillness with all your senses. Right. Yeah, the words that are coming to mind, they're like calming and soothing because it's sort of when our sensory overload is there, when we're really lacking in rest in this area, we have too much input coming in. I think of like a computer that's got a bunch of tabs open and the, you know, it just starts to fritz, right? Like you can imagine those cartoons where the computer has all these tabs open and then you've got these little squiggly lines going out. It's like, ah, I'm overloaded, right? I can't, I can't, my operating system can't handle it. That's kind of our sensory piece, right? We've got too much. And we were talking a bit last time about how we can see this in, in settings where people might have like be in construction settings where there's a lot of noise. They're going to need a lot more sensory rest where their home is really a sanctuary and there's a lot of quiet and it's not even, it's not even always cutting out noise entirely or cutting out things visually. It's switching to things that are soothing, right? So, so I even think of something like, you know, moving from blue screens to we can take a break by closing our eyes and doing some breath work and, and literally just resting. I remember my dad saying when he was 
like, I don't know, when I was a kid, he would say, I'm just resting my eyes. And I thought that was the most ridiculous thing. Like, I'm like, <laughs> resting your eyes, like either you're sleeping or not. Like as a kid, I thought, this is ridiculous. But now I can see how resting your eyes is actually a form of self-care, right? Just closing and, and taking that input out. I'm just not taking things in um, for a little bit and creating some stillness, but it could also be moving away from a green screen to an outdoor space and taking in a sunset or a forest, right? Mm -hmm. um, and getting and giving our eyes something different that's soothing in a different way. So there's, you know, and even the sound piece, it could be using soothing music. Yeah. So not necessarily quiet, but switching how that's being perceived. And so it's that combination of, of um, again, figuring out what it is that works for you. I had a client I worked with specific, specifically sorry, around this, and she didn't even, we didn't even realize how much the sensory input was affecting her. Um, she is a highly sensitive person. And I don't know if you've heard, you have heard that term before, of course, Nadira, but um, a lot of people might not be familiar with that, but there's actually an assessment you can do and there's a book all about it. And it's for people who actually probably have a hypersensitivity to sensory input. And so they're often very depleted in this area. Yeah. So having clothes that feel soothing to them, having a room where I, in her office, she shut off her fluorescent lighting entirely, put different lamps in. She brought a diffuser in for soothing yeah. essential oils um, that she could diffuse. She brought um, a blanket in. So when she was working, she could have that softness in her lap or around her while she was working mm -hmm. on her computer. Like just thinking what, what are the inputs through those sensory capacities and how am I, how am I taking care of those and not having them be on overload? Absolutely. And we mentioned last time that this with sensory rest, you, you typically wake up feeling okay because you haven't had a lot of input yet. But as your day goes on, it's being mindful and being aware of how much input you are taking in. Hmm. You're only going to get to a certain point where you're going to feel like you're in overdrive. So if you're aware throughout your day, you're able to replenish little moments of sensory breaks and rest mm -hmm. so that you don't get into that overdrive. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think creating awareness about how things are affecting us is always a good practice, paying attention to how we're beginning to feel depleted and how we might be able to respond to that, even in the ebbs and flows of our days. Um, you know, whether it's sensory input or other, just checking in and seeing and trying to, I always say, pay attention and then attend to what you're noticing, right? So we can do that with this lens of these seven types of rest. Okay, where do we leave off here? So we've got two more. So next okay. we have emotional. And for this yeah. one, I'm gonna go right back to therapy because you, you need that ability to connect with somebody and have that authentic connection. So mm -hmm. that connection where you're sharing in its, in, in its entirety. So that authenticity, that honesty, you're able to get that off your chest. You're able to identify what it is that you are feeling. What are the emotions? I like to bring in the feelings wheel quite mm -hmm. often. Um, whether you're whether you're using it to journal, whether you're using it to figure out what you're feeling, it's something that gives you um, just gives you a little bit of structure to to be able to identify and pinpoint. So with the feelings wheel, I mean we've got the the words in the middle that we typically have the most language for, and then it kind of goes out. There's another layer, and then another layer after that. So we start and you can pick 
pick a couple and see what resonates and then through that we can talk through it and see mm-hmm. is this what you're really feeling is this the emotion behind what's going on right now is it could it be this one and sometimes we look at things like you're feeling sad but really it's coming from a place of grief or you're feeling irritated but but it could be overwhelm right mm-hmm. maybe you have too much going on you maybe you're feeling you you pick out happy but really what you're feeling is inspired you've got this creative mm-hmm. energy going and it's really fueling you so being able to identify what what's going on for you being able to pinpoint what what are your emotions what are the feelings and share them in their authenticity is very important mhm bringing language to that too like i we love the feelings wheel and other tools because for a lot of people they they feel out of touch with their feelings yeah. and part of restorative care around your feelings is maybe feeling them you know yeah. and bringing them to the surface a little bit to actually sit with them and and value them a lot of people tamp down their feelings or repress their feelings or don't understand their feelings or how they might be motivating what they're going through and so you know therapy can really help with that process of reconnecting with your feelings of honoring them yeah. you know, for some people if i say you need to welcome your feelings they're just going to feel oh my goodness like like that's ridiculous yeah. i don't want to do that um because and that's probably a sign that you need some emotional rest because your ability to connect with your emotions to name them to to have language to express them to make space to feel them uh it's been depleted and that might be there's so many reasons why that might be um and but a therapist can really help you gently create safety for some of that processing and i think journaling as we mentioned before is a great self-directed way to express emotion um and and just to be able to have those moments of of being curious about what you are feeling trying to find language trying to give yourself permission to actually go through the feelings that are emerging. So, it's important for sure. Absolutely. And also the power to share that with somebody. So, mm-hmm. are you able to share that with somebody? So, mm-hmm. let's say you come home from work and and your your spouse or partner or family member asks you how you were and you just say okay or fine. But somebody who is doing well in their in terms of their emotional rest will look at that question and think You no, know, I had a really rough day today and and you know, I got a little overwhelmed. I got a little upset around midday this happened, but you know, I was able to turn it around and and really be able to share your day with somebody. That's a great part of emotional rest is is not holding it in and being able to feel comfortable sharing it and putting it out there with somebody that you trust. Yeah. And being the person who makes space for another person to do that, whether that's a partner or a kid or a friend. Um we all know people like that who are wonderful spaces for us and we're so thankful for them in our lives because they make space for us to say the things that need to be said to feel those things and and that's really an important that's an important person to have in your social your social rest connections as well right or persons we need to have Absolutely. lots of people who can do that and to think about offering that space for other people as a as a gift we can give them emotions are really complex and and we can be feeling mul- it's we're not, we're not in one lane with our emotions it's not they're all swirling together we can have lots of them happening at all the same time and so you know really making sense of that um you know the phrase in some therapy is like name it to tame it right if we can make yeah. sense of that we can um we can work through it we can move through it um and and uh 
make some progress around that and not just feel that swirly chaos that can sometimes come with emotions. So that's great. Okay. What's the last one? Okay. The last one is creative. And, mm. and I think I mentioned last time that this is probably one of my favorites because it's, it's really just that, that curiosity element like we've talked to, about before and just being able to open that up. So that open kind of mindset that going for a walk and being able to look at nature and, and feel and experience the beauty of nature. Mm-hmm. It may not even be nature, it might be art and, and that's something that fuels you, that new creative energy that comes out of it. A lot of artists don't really start with a plan and they just kind of let it come to fruition as it is. And so mm-hmm. that's gonna be something that's very important in a creative rest. Are you able to look at something and find beauty within it? Um, something else that comes out of creative rest is, I mean, music, finding new music that you enjoy. Maybe it's a new book. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a, it could be even a new friend that you meet, somebody that you connect with. Or some, something really that newness of beauty. Are you able to look at it and see this is something that I can work with, something that replenishes me, that excites me, that inspires me? Um, we can even look at creative rest in terms of your space, your physical space. Mm-hmm. Are you able to look at your physical space and look at the wall right things that you have on the wall or plants around you and feel that beauty within them so plants um decor that you have it could even be switching it up every once in a while not necessarily redecorating your space but maybe adding a new plant and how does that change your space how do you walk into a room and and view that plant that's there and and see that beauty within it Mm -hmm. i think these are all things and and Within creative rest, I think people who are exploring some things that might be restorative for them, they'll know, just like with the other forms of rest, you'll know if after doing or or implementing this strategy, do you feel restored? I mean, that's the ultimate question. So do you feel restored by buying a few new throw cushions and adding a couple of plants to brighten up and change some colors in your space? often people will say, I do like sitting in that space feels more comforting or more energizing to me or whatever it is. And those things matter. I mean, we, we know that here at Covey Wellness Center because we were really particular, um, in working with uh, my friend, Sonia, who's a designer on how we want this space to feel because people do take that in from a sensory standpoint, but also creatively, we want people to be in a renewing energy right and um i think that's interesting one thing that i've added um is poetry so one thing i've started to add back and i'm i'm first an english teacher an english major back so i kind of hearken back to some of my childhood when i used to write poetry and express myself and write song lyrics and things like that so when i read poetry and i sit with those words that's a really creative and restorative practice for me and I appreciate just the beauty of language and the skill of those poets to craft that so there's so many different ways that this could come about Um, but the big question with all of these as you're trying strategies and figuring out what's going to work for you is really taking stock and saying okay if I go on that walk with that friend and I return is my is my energy my clarity my sense of connection my sense of calm is that different from when i left to go and implement that strategy right so um i think we if we start to pay attention we will intuitively know 
as we try some things, what's working for us and what is really giving us back that, that inhale, that full breath, um, to restore what is, what is in a deficit. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we have had a really great chat today, getting into some more specifics. Of course, we haven't given an exhaustive list here by any stretch, and there's lots of different ways to create your own customized plan, right? Um, within these areas that you feel are you're determining, I think there's some. I think there is some depletion there. I think I need some restorative care there, and so I would encourage you to do that. And if you are really feeling like you're struggling with this and you want to try and really work through some of the things and you're recognizing that depletion and you know you need to talk to somebody to get some emotional clarity or to to get that mind quieting or to to ask some existential questions that's what we're here for at Covey Wellness Center we're we're here to support people in their pursuit of well-being and part of that is recognizing where you need some rest and where you need some support and so Nadira and I and the team are um, are happy to uh, support people in this way and use this as one of the tools that we can do so so um, please do share this and and the previous part as well if you know somebody who might really benefit from just having this lens to put on their lives at this point hopefully it's helpful to some people to create some self-care plans and to help them restore um, what is depleted within their lives and start to feel that vitality come back. So thanks again, Nadira, for your thoughts on this and for having this conversation with me. It's such a, it's such a fun conversation for me. I love this topic and I just find it so, so, so helpful for people. So I hope that this podcast gives us a little glimpse of that out into the world. And uh, I look forward to our next chat whenever that might be. Thank you.